And I don't think that God's going to disappoint us. First of all, prayerfully, you felt his presence during worship. But I want you to prepare your hearts to hear something that I feel like every one of us need to hear. I'm going to start it off with a scripture that I didn't even give to Raymond today. But it's a scripture on my heart, and the Holy Spirit dropped it in my heart to share it. I shared it with the men yesterday at our, at our Saturday morning men's coffee. And it just feels like this is something where God is, is, is prepping me and preparing me personally, which means that he desires it for you as well when it comes to our church. If you don't know me, again, my name's Brian Belak. For those of you that are watching online, I'm the senior pastor here at Lakeshore. And God is doing some incredible things. And, and, but this is one of the things that he gave me. It's in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15, right? It's kind of right in the middle of Proverbs. And this is such a scripture that is so important. I've had so many people make suggestions on what I need to preach on and, and ask that I would preach on certain things in 2021, whether it's the political stuff that's going on or whether it's the COVID stuff that's going on. And just so you know, I know that all of that is there, and there's going to be times that I'm going to mention some of those things within my messages. But God has called me to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what God has called me to do. As a pastor, I am called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. There's also evangelists and prophets and teachers and apostles. Next week, we'll have an evangelist here that is also going to prep you for the work of the ministry because that's what he's been called to do, the, the ministry. Pastor Brian, that is your job. That's why we pay you. Don't ask me to do ministry. Listen, God has called all of us to minister every day, sometimes by speaking and sometimes by not saying a word, just living out our Christian walk. But here's what it says in Proverbs 15, 15. He or she who is of a merry heart, or I'm sorry, let's start off with the bad first. All the days of the afflicted are evil. All the days of the afflicted are evil. You guys know, let me just tell you, there's a lot of things that are afflicting us out there. There's a lot of things that, that cause affliction in our lives. Some of those things are completely out of our ability to stop them. Some of those things are, <clears throat> are within our reach. But let me just tell you this, there are things that afflict you. Going into 2021, what is afflicting you? Is it pain? Is it illness? Is it sickness? Is it a relationship? Would you say that maybe you're afflicted in a relationship? It could be in your home. It could be between you and your spouse. What is afflicting you right now? Is it the political environment? Is it right now all that's happening, all that's going on? Listen, there's some afflictions that, that we have no control over. But I will tell you this, and this is what I believe from my heart of hearts. We choose what we allow to afflict us. So, Pastor Brian, if I've lost a loved one, you're saying that I chose that. Of course not. But you choose whether or not you're going to allow that to continue to afflict you for the rest of your life. You have a choice to make every day when you wake up. What will you allow to be the affliction in your life? And I'm telling you that if you're afflicted, all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of a merry heart enjoys a continual feast. You know, I, I, there, there, if I have to choose which, which group I want to be in, I think I'd choose the continual feast. 
But I'm looking at so many Christians right now with everything that's going on and my heart breaks for them because they're not enjoying a continual feast. You see, Pastor Victor just shared something. If for no other reason we should enjoy a continual feast because of what we celebrated this morning. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which offers us salvation. And if all I ever have is salvation, and not another prayer is answered, not another thing goes my way, I don't ever hear another word from the Lord. Can I tell you, what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me is enough for me to enjoy a continual feast. It's enough for me to enjoy and be merry in my heart. Now, those who work with me and live with me say, you know, can you live this out and not just preach it? <laughs> we all have our moments, but it is my goal. Now, it's not a resolution because I don't believe in resolutions or making them because they don't usually last past March. I, I know to stay out of the gym at least until the first week of February, and then it'll go back to normal. But, but here's the thing, this isn't a resolution, this is a way of life. Because all the days of the afflicted are evil. What afflicts you? What is frustrating you? What is causing you to be fearful? What is causing you to be anxious? That's affliction, and that's not of God. But boy, he who is of a merry heart, she who is of a merry heart, enjoys a continual feast in the midst of the affliction. What does Psalm say? The psalmist says this in, in Psalm 23. You know the, the, the scripture. He says this. He's speaking of the Lord. You have prepared for me a table. You have set a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The enemy wants to afflict, but God has set a table for you for a continual feast because you're merry of heart. How do we get there? Pastor Brian, that's great, but I'm not, I don't have a merry heart. I feel afflicted right now. I want to share with you the way to greatness part two today. I've only got a few minutes, so I need you to just walk this road with me. We talked about doing great things in 2021. Listen, a new year, man, that's great. I'll tell you the people in my neighborhood put out more money for fireworks than I believe they ever have, probably just to kick. 20 out of the way and welcome 21 on in and man it sounded like a war zone listen the, the clicking of a clock doesn't dictate that things are going to be better the changing of a date on a calendar doesn't mean that things are just magically going to change my favorite meme of, of uh, for, for last year right at the end of the year somebody sent it to me I think it was Matt it says this it's a guy waiting he's waiting because the clock says 1159 and he's waiting to celebrate and next thing you know you see him like this because the clock clicked and it said 1160 like we're never going to get out of 2020 <laughs> right and the fact is we've moved, but you know what? Every day is a new day for us, and God's mercies are new every morning. His loving kindness is new every day for you and for me. And every day we choose whether or not we are going to have an evil day because of the affliction or, or we're going to have a merry heart and we're going to enjoy a continual feast for that day. 
you know, Angel's about to do a, a, a whole series on grief. And for those of you that are dealing with that, the loss of a loved one, or m- maybe something that's happened and you're dealing with grief, that's why we offer that. And Angel is the perfect person to minister uh, in, in regards to that. And you'll go and find out why today. But you know what? The thing is, those those things are real. There are some things that are real. Some of you have lost loved ones to, to COVID-19. Some of you have lost loved ones to other natural causes or unnatural causes causes. In the end, no matter what it is, you have to ask yourself, am I going to allow this to afflict my soul to the place where that day is evil? Or will I celebrate salvation in Jesus' name? What is salvation? Salvation is you and me accepting Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I confess you as my Savior. I believe in my heart that you are raised from the dead Peter said that if you confess your sins, right, confess your sins, be converted, you will enjoy the presence of the Lord in your life. I can tell you for me, when I, when I was very young, nine years old, I remember making that decision and getting baptized in water, but the the real moment that I completely surrendered to God when was when it was when I was 19, and it was a moment that I knew I had truly surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, because I had to humble myself to declare that there was sin in my life, that there was separation between me and God, and that I trusted that Jesus' work on the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection, is the only thing that can bridge that gap between me and God. And the moment that I accepted that, the moment that I believed, it was like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. It was like I had been cleansed from the inside out. And at that moment, I began a relationship with Jesus Christ. But it started off with this thing called humility. I had to humble myself and admit that I was not perfect, that there was sin in my life. You see, there's a lot of people that are dealing with affliction, and that affliction is the sin that they haven't allowed God to forgive them of. And they live in that, and they never get to that place. There are people that call themselves Christians, but they've never truly had a conversion experience. Today, my prayer is that if you are still living with the guilt and shame of sin in your life, you would allow the grace of God to not just cover that sin with his blood, but to cleanse that sin, to remove that sin, to make you clean, to make you whole, but it takes you humbling yourself to do so. You see that word humbleness and humility and and being humble, all of that comes into play with what I have to say. If you remember last week, I said this, if you want to be great, the word of God clearly tells us how to be great. And you find it in in Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 33, when these guys were having a, a conversation on the road as to who would be the greatest. It said, then he came to Capernaum and and when he was in the house, he asked them what, what it was that what it was you disputed among yourselves in the road. But they kept silent for on the road, they disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And, and he sat down, he called the 12, and he said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last and a servant of all. We talked about greatness through serving, through serving people, serving the least of these, serving the greatest of these. We talked about we, we talked about being great in God's eyes because we are willing to serve. And then we talked about how Jesus exemplified that by washing the feet of his disciples. And then of course I washed some of the feet of the, the greatest servers that are here at Lakeshore Church. 
But listen to what it says next in verse 36. Then he took a little child, sent him in the midst of them, and when he had taken his arms, taken him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. In the synoptic gospels, we see different stories told in different ways. I want you to see how this is spoken of in in Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 1. We see that this is the same conversation that they had, but listen to how Jesus describes the child. He says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who would be considered? great. Who would you consider great? And so this is what Jesus said. Jesus called a little child to him and he set him in the midst of them and he said, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted, converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of God. Why does God want us to be like kids? That doesn't really make any sense. Unless you are converted and become like a child? Does that mean I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart? Does that mean that I'm going to ask him for forgiveness and I'm going to then call my mom and ask for my passy? Right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. What is he talking about? Well, he defines it. And this is what he says. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Greatness through serving, it's what we do, but we only serve when we become who God wants us to be, and his desire is that you and I be some of the most humble people that walk the face of the planet. Humility. What is it? And if he just said to be humble means that I would be the greatest, what does it mean? What does that look like? How can I be humble? Am I not already humble? I don't know about you, but if Jesus said to be humble means that you are great in the kingdom, I would want to know what that means. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 with me. This is Peter speaking to Christians, speaking to you and I today. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? To be clothed with humility. You see, what I see is I see Christians all across our great nation. And instead of seeing humble individuals, I see prideful individuals. I see prideful individuals who are judgmental at times, who think of themselves as better than others. But, but, but Jesus said that if you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, you should humble yourself like a child. Peter is now telling us that we should be clothed with humility. What exactly does that look like? Am I, do, am I doing that? <laughs> What's the old song? It's, it's hard to be humble. You guys know it's hard to be humble. I don't know what the words are because that's a secular song. I don't listen to secular music. It's hard to be humble when you look this good. 
It's hard to be humble when you're this blessed by God. It's hard to be humble, right, when, and you can fill in the blank. But what exactly is humility? Listen to what, listen to what Peter says about it. He said, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There are Christians that are afflicted because God is resisting them. Listen to me. There are people who all their, the days of their life are evil because they are, are resisted by God because they are prideful and because they are not humble. Peter says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Everybody's wondering, now please define this. How do I know if I'm living a humble life? God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. What does humility look like? The Bible says, clothe yourselves with humility, for God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, that you may enjoy a continual feast, that you may have a merry heart and enjoy a continual feast in the midst of all of this stuff. I don't have answers politically for you today. I think it's an atrocity that, that, that there's, there's voting irregularities and that basically we're watching some of our rights completely taken away from us. I think that it's atrocious that we spend more time reviewing NFL uh, 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 replays to get it right, but we won't, we won't even consider video of voter fraud. Kind of, kind of odd to me. I don't know and I don't have answers but I do know it will help you in the midst of all of it to enjoy a continual feast with a merry heart. And that's going to be through humbling yourself and allowing God to humble you. Humble yourselves, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that you may exalt, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Let's break down the scripture in four parts. Number one, clothe, clothe yourselves with humility. In this context, the word clothe retur- refers to a white scarf or an apron that was typically worn by servants. Clothe yourselves with humility. You remember it says that, that when Jesus got up to, to wash the disciples' feet, he took up the basin and the towel. He basically clothed himself in humility and served the people that should be serving him. He exemplified humility for us. Does that mean that you have to conform to everybody's wishes? No. If you do that, everybody else may like you, but you won't like yourself. Just be who God called you to be and be willing to serve others as the opportunity arises. Just be yourself and look for opportunities to serve your wife, to serve your kids, to serve your coworker, to serve your supervisors, to serve your employees. Listen, look for opportunities to serve, and that will cause you to be humble. Look for opportunities to sacrifice and give. Look for opportunities to minister to somebody who will never be able to give back to you. 
That's humility. So number one, clothe yourselves with humility. By clothing yourself with, with the servant's towel ready to serve. Number two, God is opposed to the proud. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Listen to this. This is going to explain it for you. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less and putting others first. That's what humility is. Humility isn't mean that you beat yourself up. Humility isn't that, listen, that's just insecurity. I'm not interested in insecurity. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less and putting others and others' needs first. Husbands, let me just tell you, you know that I speak to the men. It takes a humble individual to love their wives the way that Christ said for us to love our wives, the way that Paul mentioned it. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, giving his life for her. It takes humility. It takes humility. Now, that doesn't mean that you're willing to die for your wife. We're all heroes, and we all want to do that. It means you want to live for your wife. Oh, my goodness. For wives to do what Paul suggested to you, wives submit to your own husbands. Man, does that take a lot of humility. And my wife isn't here to amen me really loud right now. It takes humility to be able to do that. And you start realizing that everything that God requires of us takes humility. The very beginning of our relationship with God to confess him as our Lord means that we are no longer the Lord of our lives. We want Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. That takes humility. To believe that I am a sinner in need of salvation, that takes humility. To believe that I can't get forgiveness or earn forgiveness of my own accord, that I have to trust in Jesus Christ to do that, that takes humility. I humbly come before God as a sinner asking for forgiveness and knowing that in that moment, what does the Bible say? That whosoever would confess their sin, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It takes humility to admit that you're a sinner. But I'll tell you this, if you don't, you'll be afflicted. And all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of a merry heart enjoys a continual feast. How do I get to be, have the merry heart? I humble myself. And I don't see myself as better than others. And I don't think less of myself. I just think of myself less. That's humility. That's putting other people's needs and wants and desires even before my own. That's what Jesus did, isn't it? As the son of God, there are several things that he could have done, but he needed to do things the way that God wanted him to do it. (laughs) Do you remember what, what he told Pontius Pilate? At any moment, I can snap my fingers and I'll have angels come and rescue me. You only have the power to kill me because my heavenly father has allowed you to have that authority. But he chose to humble himself. And he went to the cross in humility. And he allowed them to drive nails into his hands and his feet because of the humility that he had. 
And instead of thinking of himself, instead of thinking of his own pain, instead of thinking of a different way, he humbled himself and he thought of himself less so that you and I could have forgiveness and a restoration and a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's why we celebrate Jesus. That's why when we come together, our worship set is a Jesus celebration, and I will never apologize for that. It's a celebration of, of God and what he did for us by sending his son. And we humble ourselves. Listen, it's humbling to lift your hands. Don't let pride keep you from lifting your hands. It's, it's, it's humbling yourself when you clap your hands or when you sing. Don't let your kids see you singing to something in the car more than they see you singing to God right here in church during worship. Don't let them hear you belting it out in the shower and be like, well, you don't do that at church. And even if your voice is horrible, we're okay with that, but we want you to sit up front so we don't have to hear you and you mess the worship team up. Humble yourselves, right? So we clothe ourselves with humility. Because God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Throughout scripture, the mighty hand of God symbolizes two things. Under the mighty hand of God, God's hand symbolizes two things. Number one, God's hand, uh, God's hand of discipline and his hand of deliverance, and you need them both. So submit to the discipline and you'll experience his deliverance. Humble yourself and submit yourself to God's discipline so that you can experience God's deliverance. He disciplines those that he loves. And remember, he doesn't expect us to be kind if he's not kind. He's not going to expect us to be patient if he's not perfect patience. I mean, he's patient with us. He's kind. He's gentle. But yet he disciplines why? To get our attention so that we can enjoy deliverance because it's only those who have been delivered that enjoy a continual feast and that have a merry heart. Number four is this, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Here, Peter addresses one of our core human concerns that if we don't look out for ourselves, nobody else is going to do it. If we don't look out for ourselves, who will? He says, cast all your care and anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you cast your anxiety and your care on him, he will take care of you. If you humble yourselves and don't allow the cares of this world to afflict you, then he will come in and help you to have a merry heart and you will enjoy a continual feast. He will set a table for you in the midst of your enemies. Boy, and it tears them up. I'm just telling you right now, there are people that are angry with Christians for the stands that we take, for the things that we believe. I saw an, a, a journalist, and I, I said it, it's filled with, with volatile language, so I can't read it. But basically, he says, I'd like to wring every Christian's neck right now because of, and you fill in the blank. And, and they're starting to, we're starting to see there's animosity towards Christians and animosity towards us. Why? Because in the midst of, of, of the chaos, in the midst uh, of the fear, we are sitting at a table enjoying a continual feast 
because of the merry heart that God has given us. And it's not because we're better than them. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he sets a table for us in the midst of our enemies. Why? Because that's what he does. We can sit down and we enjoy a continual feast with a merry heart knowing that our God will take care of our enemies so long as we humble ourselves, clothe ourselves with humility, cast our cares on him. Listen, I, I picture it like this. I, I picture it. Have you ever seen the crazy idiots that sit down and they act like they're going to have a card table in the rodeo ring? And they, they release the bulls and the last one sitting wins? Just so you know, God doesn't allow the bull to come and get you. It's crazy watching that. It's also a lot of fun. <laughs> that somebody would actually do this. They're acting, they're, they're doing their best to act like they're eating or playing cards while they're watching somebody next to them get thrown by the horns of the bull. What I want you to know is that God sets a table for you in the midst of the bull ring, but he doesn't allow the bulls to come to you. Every now and then you feel the, the, the wind of one rushing by. Every now and then you hear the snarl. Every now and then you see one running after you. But you have to be at a place where you trust the Lord that he is going to protect you because he sets a table for you in the midst of your enemies. Because all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of a merry heart enjoys a continual feast because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy comes that all the days, all of you, your days would be afflicted and evil. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full, that you might be of a merry heart and that you might enjoy a continual feast. Pastor Brian, you don't understand what's facing us. You don't understand. We're, we're staring down the barrel uh, of this. We're looking at this. Things could get worse. Doctors are saying this. I, I'm just telling you, I understand all of that. But in the midst of it all, me personally, I plan to enjoy a continual feast with a merry heart. Because I'm not focused on what the world is bringing my way. I'm focused on what Jesus has done. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Did you catch that? In this world, you will have trouble. You'll see trouble. You'll hear of trouble. But be of good cheer. But be of a merry heart. Because I've overcome the world. Some of you are in here and you're afflicted and all your days are evil right now. And I'm not here to judge you for that. I'm here to tell you that there's a way out of that affliction. That there is a way that your days can turn from evil into a day of you enjoying a continual feast. Pastor Brian, you don't understand. My husband is horrible. My wife has said this. My kids are doing this. You don't understand. Maybe you don't understand what's happening politically, what's happening racially, what's happening in our nation. You you didn't get the report that I got from, from the doctor last week. Listen, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but God has made a way for us to enjoy a continual feast. And that is through humbling ourselves to the place where we allow him to be the Lord of our lives. And that's where we need to be. And we humble ourselves to the place where we don't think less of ourselves, but we think of ourselves less. And we serve the people around us. Such is the way to greatness in the eyes of God. Will you join me in that path in becoming great in God's eyes by being humble, by accepting his grace and his forgiveness and serving those that are around me? 
I'm going to encourage you this year. You're, there's going to be more opportunities to serve than you've ever seen. And it's going to be my hope that you do it collectively with us and that you do it individually in, in your sphere of influence. But you won't be able to unless you completely humble yourself before the Lord and allow him to do in your life what he desires to do, to remove what he desires to remove, to implant what he desires to implant. Some of you are, you know, we're, we're a spirit-driven church and we believe in, in, in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And some of you have, through pride, blocked that in your life. I don't want to do that. That's weird stuff. I don't want to speak in that weird language or pray in that weird language. I heard Jennifer praying in that weird language today. That's weird stuff for Christians. And at some point, you're going to read the word of God and see how that's very much a part of the early church that translated into who we are today. But unless you humble yourself and allow God to do what only God can do, you'll never experience some of the greatest parts of our Christian walk. In all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of a merry heart. How do you have a merry heart? Well, this is, this is what he says. When I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me, I will have the fruits of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and gentleness, meekness, self-control, faithfulness, goodness. And so all of these things allow me to enjoy a continual feast in the midst of all. Why do I preach this? Pastor Brian, we would rather hellfire and brimstone. Okay, well, here's your hellfire and brimstone. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let me just tell you, if he resists you while you're here on earth, there's not much hope for you spending time in heaven. God's not going to resist you here on earth because of your pride and your arrogance and allow you into heaven. Where hopefully he'll fix everything. No, his desire is to fix you here. And he's done it through Jesus Christ. You have to humble yourself to accept him. You know, some of you know me, and you say, I can see that you enjoy a continual feast. I see the way that you love your wife, and I see the way that you love your children. I see the way that you love this church and love this community. It's just hard for me because I don't have that and, and I'm struggling right now and I'm frustrated. You need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ because if you don't, then all of your days will be afflicted and you will never enjoy a continual feast. Today could be your day. Some of you as Christians, you have been frustrated in your Christianity because you don't know why things are going the way that they're going and the things of life have kicked you in the seat of your pants and you're just frustrated and you're not enjoying a continual feast but all of your days seem like they're evil. It's time for you to humble yourself and completely surrender your life to God. I'm just telling you I believe that that's why some of us are still frustrated I want you to stand to your feet with me today because I want to pray for those who are in that place where you're more frustrated than you are enjoying a continual feast. I want to pray for those of you who have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe today is your day to completely surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to, to, to confess him as your Lord and Savior, to do so publicly, unapologetically, because I'll tell you that's the only thing that helped me walk in it. All the way up until I was 19, I was a quiet Christian, all the way through high school, even into college, even through boot camp and, and, and the, uh, in the military, all of that. I was a quiet Christian. But you know what? I always struggled, and every day of my life was still afflicted. 
As a matter of fact, it was in my affliction that God reached down and he said, do you want to continue to be afflicted or do you want to enjoy a continual feast? Today is your day to make a decision. And the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Tears began to flow and I said, Lord, I want, I want a continual feast. Well, he said, well, that's done on my terms, not yours. It's time for you to confess me as your Lord and Savior. It's time for you to surrender your life to me. It's time for you to begin to live for me and quit living for yourself. And listen, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't a bad teenager. I wasn't a bad young adult. I mean, I would think that any woman would want me to marry their daughter. I've always thought that. Good looking, college, good career, military thought I was doing good. God comes in and says, you're doing good, but you know what? You're you're settling for good when I have great for you. Keep living your way. Keep doing things your way, and you will have your results. But I'm telling you that there's days of affliction ahead because you haven't completely surrendered your life to me. And it was at that moment that I said, I'm yours, lock, sock, and barrel. What do I have to do? Man, I just at that moment, life changed for me. And my prayer is that life would change for you. Lakeshore, some of you are holding on to things you don't need to hold on to. And all the days of your life have been afflicted. And it's time for you to stop being afflicted and start enjoying a continual feast. Because you're going to surrender to the Lord. How come I'm not being used? How come God doesn't use me more? Well, because you're still afflicted. He, He doesn't use people who walk around afflicted. He'd rather use those who were sitting at the table that he's prepared for them in the midst of his enemies. Those are the people that he can use. In 2021, maybe you have to completely surrender your life. Would you bow your heads right now? Lord God, I'm praying for every one of us in here. You gave me this message because I know that personally I have to change and I know that there are people here that have to change and I know that we're running out of time. But Lord God, I want to take a moment to get people on a place where they realize that you said all we need to do right now, All we need to do, Lord, to accept you as our Lord and Savior, to enjoy, Lord, the continual feast that you've prepared for us of forgiveness and grace, that, Lord, all we need to do, our part, is to confess you as our Lord and Savior and to believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead. So we're going to pray a prayer right now, Lord God, so that someone in this place watching online can surrender their lives to you. I want you to all repeat this prayer with me today. The first Sunday of 2021 could be your day when you finally were released from the affliction and the evil days and now you began to start enjoying a continual feast. Today could be your day if you would pray this prayer and you would believe it and you would say it in your heart. I want you to say this, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me of my sin. I admit that I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. And that forgiveness is only given by you. Forgive me and cleanse me. I confess you today to be the Lord of my life, to be my Savior. I give to you my dreams my goals, my life. I love you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, right now I need you to be bold. If you made this step today and you need to make this step, he says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my heavenly Father. Today you say, I need to make this known. Today is the day that I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. There's no turning back. I believe that he's delivered me and I believe that he's going to help me to enjoy a continual feast because I'm tired of the affliction and I prayed that prayer so that I would no longer be afflicted and that I would give my life to Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer today and you need to make it known to me that you did so, I want you to raise your hand and let the Lord know it today that you surrendered your life to him, you gave your life to him, no turning back. I see your hand in the back. Is there anyone else that would say it? I see your hand in the back. There's, Come on, this is your day. Listen, this is your day. I want you to confess that this is the moment that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone else that would do so? Then look at me real quick. Father, I'm praying for everyone that's looking at me because, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of Christians that are living lives of affliction. I'm tired of Christians, Lord God, that all the days of their lives are evil. My prayer is that you would take us to a place where we would humble ourselves, align ourselves to your will for our lives, completely, completely surrender our lives to you so that we would enjoy a continual feast. And it's those that you use to serve you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, said, amen. Listen, go and ask your spouse whether or not you're humble. I'm just kidding. Don't do that.